the important thing is we bought it with a 20,000 equity inside, you know, from 120, 125, and it was worth 140. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible, and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Hi, best ever listeners. How you doing? I hope you're having a wonderful day. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Farrellis. This is a show where we get to the best real estate investing advice ever from our best ever guests. And we help you move your real estate investing business forward through that advice. And today we've got a wonderful guest with us, Pavlos Casaloris. How you doing, Pavlos? Doing good, Joe. Glad to have you on the show. A little bit about Pavlos's background. It's interesting. He just came to the United States in 2013, January of 2013, and he already owns two properties and he's closing on his third. He has 12 years as an officer in the Greek Air Force. He's I'm throwing all sorts of interesting facts out there. Usually I only do one, but you've got uh, you've got a couple of them. <laughs> so 12 years as an officer in the Greek Air Force. He's played semi-professional poker. He's worked as a real estate agent. He's been a server, he's been a project engineer. And as I mentioned earlier, he's closing on his third property. This episode's airing August the 10th, and he's closing on his property August the 11th. So welcome to the show, Pavlos, and uh, glad that you were able to join us. Thank you, Joe. Glad to be here. All right. Well, you are working to build your rental portfolio. Can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? My background is in construction, and when I graduated the Greek Air Force as an airport engineer, I was responsible basically for maintenance and construction projects, so, you know, handling contractors, things like that. So my grandfather, who he lives in Pennsylvania, 
he he had the rentals his whole life and he believed in that and uh, the same path uh, my mother followed after him and after the the crash uh, you know when prices were so low her and uh, her her brother my uncle uh, they started you know acquiring real estate and that was 2011 and i saw you know the prices and the the rents and i saw how big return on your investment you can have and uh, in greece we don't have that and real estate is, is, at least it was before <laughs> before our crisis it was very expensive and the rents were very low so it did not make sense for somebody to invest in real estate and counting on positive cash flow he could count in uh, some appreciation but that's about it and when we decided to come to the united states with my wife my goal was to buy real estate and be able to build that portfolio into that extent that it's going to provide me enough money to live out of that cash flow. So that was my initial goal and remains my goal right now. How do you come from another country and jump into it so quickly as you've done and start buying properties and being able to evaluate and underwrite the deals. I know you mentioned your family had done it before. So was it learning from your family and then applying what you learned firsthand? My grandfather was a little bit very lenient with his uh, with his tenants. So I don't want to say that I followed his example handling and landlording. <laughs> with most of the knowledge, I took it before I come here uh, by reading books, reading a lot of books. And I mean, with forums and, you know, the Internet is a great source and researching. So when I came here, I had enough money just to buy my first property. And, you know, obviously, when you're new in the country with no credit history, no credit score, my Social Security number was a ghost, (laughs) essentially. So I could only do cash deals. So I knew that there was money to be made by flipping a property. So by buying it, by buying a distressed property and bringing it to a level that basically increases a lot the value. So the first deal was a short sale. I bought it around seventy thousand. I put in twenty-five to thirty thousand and a lot of sweat equity. And today's value is around one thirty, one thirty-five. So that was, I feel, a very good flip. And in the beginning, I didn't count it as investment because I was living inside. But, you know, housing is an expense that you have to have (laughs) either way. So that was the beginning. You mentioned you bought it for 70, you put in about 25,000. Is that in material cost or is that in material plus your time? Or is that just how are you factoring that? It was a, a material and uh, whatever I, I I subbed it out. Okay, and did you and you mentioned flip and I just want to make sure I'm understanding. Did you flip that house or did you keep that in your portfolio? I kept it in my portfolio. I just characterized it as a flip because it had so much uh, work inside. Somebody could say it could easily, you know, instead of me sure. that I hold it. Somebody could sell it very easily and make 20% his his money in, in two months, basically. Did you just read about short sales? Because short sales are still kind of 
they're not mysterious to me because, heck, I've done all, enough of these interviews and I've got some experience buying, but not short sales. How did you get comfortable enough to do your first deal as a short sale? When I saw this specific property, it said bank approved price. So I, I called the listing agent and I asked her, you know, what was the story with the property? And there was a deal, there was an offer, it was, the, the house was under contract, but it fell through. And the price that it was listed for, if I came full price, it was a relatively quick closing. So I put the, the full offer back then, and I think I closed in, in, in about a month. And I didn't ask you this, I should have. Where do you live and where are these properties? When I first came to the States, I went to Daytona and I lived in Port Orange. It's a city right next to Daytona Beach, Florida. Good choice. <laughs> and, and the reason, and the reason was uh, my uncle lives there. So you know, like uh, essentially, even though I have citizenship, I'm pretty much a, an immigrant <laughs> since I was born and raised in Greece. So I needed some help, and my uncle provided me, you know, the resources. He works as a maintenance manager for somebody that has uh, a lot of uh, apartment complexes. So he knew a lot of people. And it helped me to, to find good prices. Uh, he guided me the right way. Because, uh, you know, I was book smart, but not so much, you know, trade smart in a different country. So that was my uh, the reason I started from Port Orange. Now, I live in Miami Beach. <laughs> Even better choice. I'm, oh, I don't know. I've never been to either places. I'm just talking now. <laughs> yeah, work brought me down here. I mean, um, when I was uh, doing real estate, I thought that I could, you know, feed my family with that income, but the income was not enough. So I had to fall back to my background, construction. And right now I'm working for a mechanical contractor. But when I first came down to Miami, I worked at a Greek restaurant as a server, making enough money to support everybody and keep the wife happy. <laughs> but right now I feel that I'm in better position as, a, as an employee for a contractor, having steady job and now being able to get my first mortgage. <laughs> you talked about your first property. Now let's talk about your second. How'd you get the second? The second, while I was prospecting, as uh, every decent real estate agent does, uh, I came across uh, at an estate sale. An old lady had died. Uh, the son did not want to do anything with the, the property. He wanted to, you know, to sell it uh, quickly. And uh, I went there to, to get the listing, basically. And, um, you know, the law says that if, you, if you're interested in uh, the property of your client, you have to disclose it. So I asked him, are you willing to sell it to me? And he said, give me an offer. So I didn't have a lot of money. And I told a friend of mine that I came across a good deal. And if he wanted to, to partner with me on that deal. So I gave him my market analysis of the property. I gave him my suggestion, which basically was to buy it 50-50. I would put my 20% down of my end, and he would loan me the other 80%. So basically it was private money. And the other 50%, he would buy it cash. So we agreed upon those terms. So what are the terms? You said you'd put down 20 and he'd put down 80? Yes, but uh, we were 50-50 partners. Right, okay. So my 80% of the 50%, he lent it to me. <laughs> he agreed. So I went to my client 
I gave him the offer, which was with a, I'd say, around 20% discount off the market value. And he accepted it. We just did very basic uh, rent on site. In Florida, we don't need carpet. And if, if you want to have rentals, I don't feel it's uh, smart to have carpet inside rentals. So I took off all the, the old carpet and I put tile and I painted. That was the only thing that I did to that place. And I found a renter very quick. I mean, the rental market is crazy right now. How much did you buy it for? We bought it 120 and I put in around 5000 You put in $5,000 worth of updates and repairs? Yes, yes. And it, it was rented last summer. It was rented 1250 This year, I rented out 1350 Awesome. It cash flows very nice. And uh, the important thing is we bought it with a 20,000 equity inside, you know, from 120, 125, and it was worth 140. And right now I did a CMA. Once every year, I like to, to do a market analysis of the property so I know exactly what their value. I think it's around uh, 148, 150. That's great. That's great. That's, ni- that's nice equity in the deal. Just so I understand the financing you two bought it all cash, so you don't have a mortgage on it. Is that correct? Yes. I have a mortgage, you know. You have a loan. I see it as a mortgage because essentially it's collateral is that the, the house to him. So from my perspective and when I run my numbers, I calculate it as a mortgage that I have to do this payment and this interest. So that's how I see it financially. Interesting. So I just want to be super clear on the numbers. So it's $120,000 and you own it 50-50 with him. How much cash out of pocket did you bring to the table? I brought 14000 You brought 14000 and you essentially are borrowing. So 120 divided by two. Yeah, I, I borrowed 46000 from him. Got it. So because 120 divided by two is 60000 so if you brought 14, then you've got $46,000, essentially a, a loan or as you're, you, know, you consider it, a mortgage to him so that you're paying that, right? Correct, correct. And as a sweetener to the deal, I put some portion of my commission towards the repairs. Got it. What a creative way to get into a property whenever you see an opportunity. It's, you know, like uh, most people say about real estate, it's a lot of networking and, uh, you know, talking about real estate because you never know where a new partner, a new deal can, you know, come. Are you making money right now? I know he is, or he or she, I assume it's... It's a he. (laughs) I think you said he. He. I don't assume it. (laughs) He's making money. Are you making monthly on a monthly basis with the payments every month? And is there interest on those payments? Yes, there is a interest. It's a 5% interest, we agree, on a 25-year amortization. And I cash flow around, if, if we take out, you know, capital expenditures and, um, and maintenance and general things, I cash flow about $100. For $14,000 into it, you're cash flowing $100 a month? More or less, yes. Well, there you go. That's 10% return. Plus, you've got a, a property with some equity in it. And the important thing, yeah, on that specific property was uh, the big discount. 
and it's in a very nice neighborhood, A-class schools, a neighborhood that everybody wants, you know, families want to live there and so their kids can go to that school. And with your third property, what what's going on with that? The third. So I told my partner that, you know, I explained to him my goals about that I want to grow. He's in a, a little bit different phase than me. He wants a more cash flow rather than, uh, you know, leverage. So <laughs> I tried to convince him, listen, we have to refinance the, you know, the property that we bought and we have to buy another one. <laughs> and, you know, we were looking on a property. I told him, listen, I want to buy a property by the end of the summer and I want to buy one more property in the beginning of, you know, 2016. And he said, okay. So I started looking. And we found, in a, and I would say in a B area, if I consider the, the second property in an A area, in a B area, a nice rental, it was already, it was a turnkey property, let's say. It, there was an established tenant side. He was paying 850 We negotiated the price $74,500, let us say 75000 cash again. And the deal was structured exactly the same way as the second one with uh, an agreement between me and him that uh, whenever he refinanced the property, I can pay him off that and take whatever cash that's left from the refinance and, and put it down towards my down payment on uh, the fourth one, basically. Because if you put the numbers, I- I'm going to save around seven to 10000 from the refinance. Was I clear or...? That's very clear. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. I love your creative approach, and um, I'm going to kind of summarize at the very end the takeaways. But first, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? The best real estate advice ever is don't count on one thing. Real estate is very complex. You have to have knowledge, people skills. You have to be a good manager. You have to have a very spherical character and knowledge in order to succeed. You have to have patience. I mean, uh, during you know the, these two years, nothing was easy. I mean, uh, I was ready to leave and go back to Greece. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the culture shock was huge. I had a newborn baby. I mean, um, you, you can imagine for somebody that just came to the country and having all those challenges, and at the same time, having a goal to succeed in real estate, how difficult it was. So now I feel a lot more comfortable and, you know, doing things the way I do it. So we'll see how the future goes. <laughs> I can't imagine what the culture shock would be from, you know, if, if I were to go to another country. And it's just, it's so impressive to hear your background and, and others like you who come to this country and are able to just put together deals in unconventional ways to make it happen. And I think the don't count on one thing advice clearly is kind of encompasses everything that you you were talking about because of the creativity that you use to get into the deals and the resourcefulness and the, well, there's no other option, so I got to make it happen. So that's props to you on that. Sure. I just wanted to add that in order to be able to, to structure this deal, I was completely fair. I mean, because I see how much fraud there is in the industry, how people want to 
basically make a lot of money on you and trick you. I'm the complete opposite. I'm trying to, to be very fair in my dealings. And that's why my partner trusted me. And that's why he continues to trust me. And I feel that he will be a, a future referral, for example. Let's say I want to buy a big apartment complex and I'm going to need private money. I know that I can count on him on saying a good word that, yes, I did these couple of deals with him. He was very trustworthy. He delivered what he said that he's going to do. So that's how I'm trying to do every deal, you know, to be a win-win situation. I love it. Makes sense. Pavos, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With trepidation, we shall continue to move forward. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. One of our past best ever guests, Josh Cantwell, you can check out his episode in uh, episode JF156. It's titled Discover the Hidden Rules of Raising Private Money. Well, he has been nice enough to offer the best ever listeners a free guide that is the 55 simple ways to find real estate deals. So if you're struggling to find great real estate deals to flip, to rehab, to buy and hold, or to wholesale, you can end all of your frustration and you can get these 55 proven strategies for finding these smoking hot deals in your market. And this is all free. I've gone to uh, this website and downloaded it myself and uh, read through it. And I've learned uh, many things from this um, on just kind of helpful tips to uh, get more deals. Um, so you can go to 55simpleways.com forward slash Joe. That's 55-S-I-M-P-L-E-W-A-Y-S dot com forward slash Joe and get this guide called the 55 Proven Strategies for Finding Deals. And again, it's free. It's it's really a no-brainer. Go grab it and um, you're going to learn something. I promise you that. 55simpleways.com forward slash Joe. Okay, Pavlos, I'm really curious about this one because of what you said about reading books before you came here, and that's how you got a lot of your knowledge. What's the best ever book you've read? Obviously, there's not one best book. And the first book, you know, I was Googling and, uh, you know, I was trying to find real estate books. And I came across The Complete Guide in Apartment Complexes, Steve Burgess, I think. Oh, yeah, The Complete Guide to Buying and Selling Apartment Buildings. Exactly. That helped me understand all the the terminology, you know, return on investment, cash on cash. I mean, uh, you know, capital expenditures, uh, vacancy rates, you know, all the mathematical terms. Yeah. But I must say a book that is very nice, that, that gives a very comprehensive explanation is Hold. Uh, how to find, buy and rent houses for wealth. Gary Keller, Jay Papasan and yep. some more people. I like that book because it was specifically, you know, for my situation, which is to acquire a portfolio of rental properties, hold them, appreciating, growing, and then finally, whenever you decide to, and it's enough, to retire with that money. 
I've had uh, Jay Papazan on the show before, and so you're you're in good company with with the author, the co-author of that book, and I'll have to go check it out. Best ever personal growth experience, and what'd you learn from it? Obviously, this move that I made it was you know an experience that helped me grow as an individual, especially when I did not quit and I decided, no, okay, we're gonna sit here, we're gonna fight. I don't want to quit, <laughs> so that was the I would say. Best growth experience. Best ever deal you've done. I'd say not the first one because I got a really tired, so much sweat equity inside that house. I would say the second one was nice because it had a lot of、um, factors. It had finding the property, getting it with discount, financing it creatively with private, you know, money, and、uh, now refinance. So the second one is,、uh, I'd say for now, the best deal. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Right now, I'm excited that I'm growing. The fact that I'm closing on my third, and actually, if I had financing, I would go for the fourth <laughs> deal. That's exciting. That I'm one more step towards my goal because my short-term goal is ten properties. Now I don't know what will happen. Maybe I get addicted and、uh, want to become the next、uh, Donald Trump. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But for now,、uh, I, I like that I'm almost where I want to be. Best ever way you like to give back? I became soft after becoming a father, so I try to support whatever organization gives back to the kids. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? I haven't had enough time to make mistakes because、um, I mean the market right now forgives some small mistakes, so I haven't found something really you know bad that I've done. If we could say a mistake is not starting sooner because I'm 34, instead of buying the Mercedes convertible that I had bad in Greece when I was 25, I would prefer to have a <laughs> rental right now. <laughs> Yeah, those Mercedes—you can't really、uh, move in and charge rent for those, can you? <laughs> nope, and you lose a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, one one great advice was from Robert Kiyosaki because that book,、uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, I loved it. I mean, it changed the way I saw things, and I like that he says, try to add assets to your asset column in order to. To give you what you want, liabilities—you know, a nice car, a nice house, or or a nice vacation. Absolutely, yep. Acquire assets to pay for your liabilities. That way, the assets continue to pay thereafter and can pay for more liabilities should you want them. But don't pay for liabilities out of pocket. Have some system in place. Yep. What's the best ever place to reach you? I'd say if whoever wants to email me, my email is p as in Paul, k as in kite. A as an Apple, S as in Sam, S as in Sam, real estate at gmail dot com, and I'm trying now to be an active member at the Bigger Pocket、uh, forum as a you know networking and instrument of learning. Well, Pavos, this has been a nice conversation that is inspiring to hear from you know your background. You're coming from another country. You're learning this game. Through books, and you come here. You hit the ground running. You come with cash, so you're able to buy your first place with cash. But then, property number two and number three are certainly out of the box. And even the first property, the one that you bought with cash, you went with a short sale route, 
and kind of did it the little bit non-traditionally, but the second and third, for sure the second, where you find you come across a deal, you don't have the money, you have 14000 but the property costs 120000 and you just you find someone who knows, likes, and trusts you based on your relationship with them. You do 50-50 partnership, even though you only have $14,000 to contribute, and you essentially do a loan to them or for them or excuse me, you do a loan with them. That's the preposition I'm looking for. <laughs> you do a loan with them for $46,000 and then you're paying on that. And then you're also, as you mentioned, um, you're making a little bit of money every month. But the real key is the getting into the deal with so little money, also establishing a partnership with the private money individual, your friend, because that can open the door for many, many other big things, especially if you're going to be acting on what Steve Burgess writes about in his book that you referenced, The Complete Guide to Buying and Selling Apartment Buildings, where you go into apartment building stuff, which is, uh, you know, you'll need to raise more money. And that's, you're already creating a, a solid track record. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your advice and sharing your time with the best ever listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.